I did a little study in college of physics and strength and materials in my school. I didn't go to regular college. Did they let you into a regular college now? Uh, no, I never had a high school diploma. I had a terrible fight with Johns Hopkins University in Baltimore over letting me audit the night classes because I didn't have a high school diploma. No. And I said, look, you clowns, you got a price here. It says the price is $45 right now, back in the 1960s. $45 was a lot of money. Here's your $45. You can't deny me the right to sit in that class. You don't have to give me credit. I don't care about your stupid credit. I don't want a college degree. I don't want to be a bloody idiot. I just want to know about physics and how much you can teach me about what I use in designing buildings. Well, finally, they let me sit in on the class. Well, I got the highest scores of anybody in the class. <laughs> Good deal. I'm not surprised. Well, now, my point is, I'm not that smart. I'm certainly not well-educated. They wanted me to take, I wanted advanced trigonometry. They wanted me to take trig one, trig two, and trig three. And then they could say, ah, I said, no, 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 you're wasting my time. <laughs> I... I want geometry advanced and statics advanced and physics advanced. I don't want all these prerequisites. Well, you can't do that. I'm paying. You give me what I asked for. Like I said, in every one of those subjects, I got the highest scores. In some cases, I got the highest scores on record at that time of anybody in any of those classes. In previous classes, I'm good at mathematics. All right, at least I was. <laughs> I'm not good at much of anything. I can mess up anything with that. I don't remember well at all. I can't carry numbers over because I forget the numbers. I'm no good for anything anymore. Not really. But in those days, I was very good at that kind of stuff. But this is what I realized. I didn't have all the background education that they thought I should have. And yet, I applied myself and I did very well. My point is, all right, it's not your expertise, so apply yourself. You'll do very well. If you're too lazy to apply yourself, you deserve whatever happens to you. I'm arrogant and I admit it. And I'm Howard Griswold, and I pay for this message. <laughs> and the sponsors of this program do not necessarily take the same opinion as Howard Griswold. I'm arrogant. I know I'm arrogant. And damn it, you better start learning to listen to my arrogance. Because this country is going downhill rapidly. And it's because the people are lazy bums. And they do nothing to help yeah. themselves. You know, they're starting to wake up a little bit. We might find more of them waking up. Let's go back to fiduciary duty. Let's, let's talk about that. We're talking about bringing suit. And you kind of surprised when said no lawyer would do that. So how would one bring a suit about in this case? Uh, if you can still find the books, 
in, in any law library. Or possibly online. I, I, I think they're trying to do away with these books. There's a series of books called American Jurisprudence, or short, and joy. And there's 100 and so, 130, 140, 150 different books in this thing. And it's done alphabetically. And it covers every subject of law and jurisprudence that there is, including the requirements of a trustee. There's a whole book on trust. And a big portion of it is dedicated to the requirements of the trustee. There's another series of books. Uh, is Corpus Juris Secundum. In Latin, secundum means second. Corpus means the body, and Juris means law. So it's the body of the law, second edition. There is a whole book in that series, I'm not again, another 100 to 150 books. And one of the books is on trust. And it has a tremendous amount of information set up on trustees. In addition to that, there is a number of writers that have written books that should be either available online, which I doubt. Because online, they're doing away with as much knowledge as they possibly can on loading us with garbage. Computers will be the destruction of this world, as we know it. If you don't think that, did you hear what happened today? No, what happened today? American Airlines had to shut down 3,500 flights worldwide because the computer failed them. They had a complete computer glitch, and it didn't tell the airplane that they were ready to take off. All right, hang on, Howard. We're going to go to a break. We'll pick up with American Airlines when we come back. I'm Pastor Mathis. You're live. It's Howard Griswold. Give us a call, 315-368-2252. We'll be right back. Stay with us here on the street for you. And all of a sudden, we heard an explosion. It was a huge explosion that came from under the, on my feet, meaning that it came from the sub-levels between B2 and B3. And then there was a huge explosion at the top of the building. Hundreds of thousands of people have questions about the World Trade Center towers on 9-11. Those towers were not supported by balsa wood. We know that much. The very fact that the government will not somehow come up with answers to those questions, even if they said, well, Al-Qaeda placed bombs in the buildings, there would be some kind of answer, wouldn't they? But they won't answer the questions, which means what? There's another question for you. Years ago, a man by the name of James Collier made a video called, Was It Only a Paper 
VHS video has been in the uh, library of Truth Radio for many, many years, and I have a DVD of it ready to send to you if you'd like to do it. If you've never seen Was It Only a Paper Moon? I promise you, this is a mind bender. This is something that will really make you think. And I'd be glad to send you one if you request it. Our policy is we give, you give. So just give us a chance to give. And uh, we'll be glad to send you this in the mail. Our address, P.O. Box 344, Nipomo, California, zip code 93444. That's P.O. Box 344, zip code I 
years ago. I'm only 72 now. We figure out the mathematics of it. 40 some years ago. And they came out with these stupid boxes that are artificial brains. And people don't have to think for themselves. I've walked into stores. These don't happen too often, but every once in a while it's happened to me. Walked into the store, wanted to buy some goods. Went up to the counter and I was told, we can't wait on you. I'm sorry, the computer is back. You'll have to come back another time and buy that stuff. I said, what are all the videos we're bringing in these schools? These morons haven't got the ability to think, to put it down in writing and keep track of it and to answer it into the computer when they get the computer fixed. They can't wait on you. Well, you know what? I'll never come back to this store again until they replace the computer with a real person with a brain. And I don't. I won't go to that store. I don't know if I'm making much of a difference. Because the world is full of idiots that think the computer is a wonderful thing. But it's destroying this country. And it's destroying the whole world. And it has no concept of any of the stuff that I talk about, about private property. The vice in private property, which was thought about. I'm trying to think of the name of the, name of the case. My memory has gotten so bad. And this, this thought just came to mind. If I had prepared for this, I would look the case up. But I couldn't talk about it. Boy, okay. uh, slowly but surely, the memory recovers. Boy versus United States, and then around 
by your money, but by your efforts. You acquire the money by your efforts. You spend the money to buy something, that's your effort being expended, isn't it? If you acquire it by you sleep with your woman and get her pregnant, it is your effort that created that child. It is your private property. Guess what happens when you sign a birth certificate application? You give the child to the government for it to control that child the rest of its life. I, I think we brought this up last week, and we talked about the definition in a law dictionary of the, the name of the room at the hospital, the delivery room. Right. Definition of the word delivery in a law dictionary is to turn the red, which means the substance of property, over to another for their control. Now, this is what really, really, really kicked me about religion. And I don't just pick on Christians. The Jewish religion does it. The Islam religion does it. The Buddhist religion does it. Christianity does it. And every one of them, the preachers, whatever they are called, rabbis or whatever, they will not allow you to participate in their religion unless you have a birth certificate. They are forcing people to turn their children over to the government. Religions are just as damn guilty of this extortion as the government is because they're pushing it. One of the reasons I have nothing to do with religion is that very reason. Freedom meant no ties to any political organization in a contractual manner that would require you to follow any of their rules and regulations. That's what freedom is. We don't have freedom in this country. Well, we have our residents. When I first started researching and trying to find someone where I couldn't find a friend, I could find residents, but I couldn't find residents anywhere. A fella that is known as the informer got a hold of an old English dictionary and we found it defined. And it said, Residence is a position of agency in a corporation. The state is a corporation. The state's subdivisions, such as cities, counties, and they're all corporations. The United States is a corporation. Every one of these corporations are created as a trust. The concept is to look out for us beneficiaries, and they, the courts have said this, they, at every level, are trustees. Would a fiduciary be to act with the highest level of honesty, integrity, and good faith? One day, I talked about destroying this entire world. It's a good thing I'm not God, because I would have done away with it a long time ago, and we agree, before I'm glad you're not God. I agree, still. I still agree. I, I'm not God, and I can't do it. But if I had the power to do it, I would do away with all of this stuff because the people are not deserving of anything anymore because they don't try, 
They don't don't even want to learn. They don't want to put out any effort. And the scum that are running this fast stuff really need to be executed. If someone is found hanging in the closet at their home, it's probably a suicide. But if they're found hanging from the cross by the telephone pole, I guarantee it's an execution. <laughs> I expect to see a lot of executions in the near future. People are really getting angry and disgusted with what's going on. As a matter of fact, a lot of people in America like to think that China is not a very advanced society. They're not real educated. They're not real smart people. Yeah? Well, guess what? China's having serious economic problems, and the people in China are blaming the government. In America, we blame one another. We blame God. We blame the devil. It's all the devil's fault. None of us are ever responsible for anything. Except me. My wife has always told us that I'm a very responsible person. Whenever something's wrong, I'm the one that's responsible for it. <laughs> but anyway, so much for my speaking. What up, Bob? Power, we're going to a break. We'll be right back. I'm Pat. Stay with us. Howard's going to take some comedy classes. Those of us who are concerned about uh, the judiciary today, about uh, the Constitution, are sometimes uh, arguing with each other about uh, the issue of sovereignty. We, the people, some say, are sovereign. I am sovereign, individually, others say. And uh, yet there's another side to this going, are we under a nation of law or men? If men are sovereign, then I guess we need a king to be the sovereign person. But that's not the way we're structured. We're supposed to not be a nation under men. We're supposed to be a nation under law. What is the sovereign law? David Whitney has a magnificent lecture on this subject. It's less than an hour long. I'd love to send you a CD with his lecture. Please send for it, the, uh, the Sovereignty CD. And uh, write to us at Post Office Box 344, Nipomo, California, 93444. That's PO Box 344, Nipomo, California, 93444. Hello. Hey, Frank, it's Bob. We were wondering if you and Frida would like to have dinner with us Friday. Oh, we'd love to. Hang on. Who is it, dear? It's Bob and Betty. We deal with others. They only know what we allow them to know about us. They want us to come over for dinner. Ew, not again. There's a smell at their house. I know. Hey, Bob, as much as we'd love to, uh, we're busy this Friday. Oh, are you sure you can't make it? Well, uh, let me double check. But while we may be able to fool others, we can't fool God. Nope, there's just no way we can make it. Oh, that's too bad. We have free tickets to the bowling tournament. You mean the one that's been sold out for the last three weeks? Yeah. Oh, well. Maybe next time. See you later. Oh, no, wait, wait, oh, no! But the good news is even though he knows our hearts completely, he's still willing to forgive us because he loves us. Have you talked to God honestly? A message from Lifeline Productions. 1-800-52-FUNNY at lifelinepro.com.
because they changed the meaning of the word. Yeah, that's right. They kind of hijacked the language. Yes. Over the years, over the centuries. How many times they changed the language that authors? And the story got bent out of shape. And we're not getting the full story, but it's there in Hebrew. If you just look up the words and trace them back into Hebrew, it's there. Yeah. And it doesn't tell exactly the same story. We're being misled by Buddhism, by Islam, by Christianity, and by Judaism. It might be close to right. Are those who have nothing to do with religion but believe that there's a superior God? What do they call them? Agnostic. Agnostic, yeah. You know, memory, sir. Now, of course, there's only the ones that don't believe there is a God and don't have anything to do with any of this stuff and don't believe in God. And one of them sued the state of Florida because they have a, a day set aside for religious holidays there. For the Buddhists, and they have a day set aside for Islam as a holiday, and they have a day set aside for Christians as a holiday, and they have a day set aside for the Jews as a holiday. I forget the name of each one of the holidays, but they all have a holiday. And the judge said, I forget what book it was in Psalm 53, I hope it was Psalm number 6, but I, have a, I, I might not be correct on that. The judge said, in Psalms, and he quoted the, the number, it says, the Israel who does not believe in God is a fool. He said, an April Fool's Day is set aside for you people. <laughs> That's your answer. True it is. But I think, I think most, most of us have been allowed to be fools because we've been fooled. By the teaching of the Chinese. We've been fooled into cooperating with governments when we did not have to cooperate with governments. The whole concept of government was it was a privileged position, yes. Nothing wrong with that idea. But that position was the privilege of being a trustee and looking out for the best interests and property rights. The privilege of being a servant. Right. It's the privilege of serving the people. And it's been turned into, we're the authority. You'll do what we say or else. We'll put you in jail. Well, they're supposed to be an authority. But not that kind of, I don't know where they got the idea that they're that kind of an authority. Those, those kind of people, my group firmly believes in elimination of them. I don't care if it's a cop, a judge, a lawyer, we'll eliminate My people don't put up with those kind of people. We stay as far away from them as we can. We don't create any involvement any more than we have to. But if we have one, we've been known to get rid of those people. But that's my little group. What, what little is left across this world of the old-fashioned mafias live that way. And understand the biblical meaning of God saying that there is a time to kill. You kill to protect the interests of your family. 
don't know what happened to religion. Religion tells you, according to the Fifth Amendment, thou shalt not kill. And that's all he does. Well, you got to do a little study. The Fifth Amendment was all about not killing for personal gain. Don't go out and kill somebody and take their wife. Don't go out and kill somebody and take their property. That's not what you're supposed to do. But isn't that what government does? Oh, yeah. I want people who committed suicide over divorces because they wiped the poor guy out. They took everything he had. They caused him to die. They gave it all to the wife. That's murder. That's killing. You gain an advantage. And they, they got a whole big hunk of the lawyers got a big hunk of it in the process of, of the divorce. I've told people many times, if you can't get along, at least get along long enough and well enough to get along in a divorce and, and work things out on your own. Do not hire lawyers. The lawyers will end up with everything you got and you'll end up with nothing. You might think they're going to get something for you, but when it's all over, if there was a thousand dollars, you get a hundred. The lawyer gets nine hundred. Yeah, not exactly equitable arrangement. No. No. And if there's a conflict over the remains of someone's property after death, work it out among yourselves amicably. Don't hire a lawyer. Because before it's all over, the lawyer's going to get 90% of it, and you're only going to have 10% to divide a million two of you. Don't steal it all. Under the pretense that they are the law, they're the authority, and they have the power to do these things. And they'll put it up for sale, and they'll hire somebody to sell it, and they'll hire somebody to go repair it to fix it so it's saleable. And before you're all over and done, all kinds of people got a piece of the action, and there's nothing left for you but, but maybe 10%. This is not what they're supposed to do. This is what the security interest can be used to do. Now, the security interest was known for the bankers to take unfair advantage of you in a mortgage. That was the first real use of it. They get you to sign a piece of paper, application for a mortgage. Then they give you another piece of paper. They call it a promissory note. They get you to sign that. Now they have your signature on two different documents related to the same piece of property. They define and describe the whole piece of property on both documents. And I've told you before, and you've said that our listeners know this, that the law in every state under what they call the Uniform Commercial Code, which is adopted by every state, it says that money is not gold, money is not silver, money is not even a green piece of paper, money is a signature. And they have your signature on these two documents. They deposit these two documents. They take from one document and they pay the seller for you. They take from the other document that they deposit and they pocket the money. 
I didn't realize how important it was. So years later, when something else that I read clicked with what I had in my memory from that, I said, oh, oh, I see. Well, I've seen it before. I guess we weren't supposed to. God has a time. And I think the time is coming close. Now that I see the people of Egypt standing up against their government, the people of Yemen standing up against their government, the people of Syria standing up against their government, the people of China standing up against their government, the people of Greece standing up against their government. Wonderful. Someday, the brain dead Americans will wake up and maybe they'll stand up against their evil government and put it down. And it's a shame. The concept of this government for this country was the greatest setup of a government in the history of the world. But what these warriors have done to it has totally destroyed it. And it and those warriors have to be destroyed. We need lynching upon lynching upon lynching. And in case you don't think it happened in America, I'm bully, hang down your head, poor boy. You're bound to die. Say, honey, we don't have jury trials in America. In the United States government, they have jury trials. That only applies to government officials. We know it apply to anybody. <laughs> like, it, like it's supposed to. No, it's not supposed to. In the state, the state government is self-regulating. That laws apply to people in the state. They have jury trials to determine whether or not people in the state did something wrong or whether they should be punished. And lawyers are trying to do away with death penalties all over the place because they're afraid someday they're going to get caught and they don't want to get the death penalty. That won't work. But the people wake up. It's just going to be lynching after lynching, shooting after shooting in Baltimore the other night. I don't offhand remember what night it was, just a couple of nights ago. The news and all. Terrible violence in Baltimore again. Violence has erupted in the streets in Baltimore. They don't know who's done it. They're looking for the who's done it. But apparently, several people are involved. And they shot and killed three people. And shot some woman in the face. She's in the hospital with, with facial injuries. She's the only one to survive. The other three died. Terrible violence on the streets. And I said, this is all druggies, shooting druggies. Who cares? Leave them alone. Let them kill one another. We don't need those kind of people anyhow. Uh, I guess I'm cold-hearted. I don't think so. I think that's how you clean the streets up. Let them kill one another.
And somehow or another, the deportation statutes prevented it from happening. And, jeez, it was being protected under some stupid laws. Lawyers create laws to protect criminals. The lawyers are the ones that have to be done away with. I'm sure they don't like me, and I really don't care. Well, Howard, the reality is we're not going to be to clean up the genus a little that way, although God may choose to clean up planet Earth a little bit. I hope so. In the meantime, you and I are going to have to deal with struggles that we deal with pretty regularly and do the best we can to prevent these people taking control. Some
There's a lot of Uh, peace officers on this call, you know what I'm talking about because you've probably been in court before and you probably heard those morons wearing black robes who think they know what they're talking about, but they don't. If there's any attorneys on the, on the call, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Anybody who works in government, you probably, you probably know that some of your colleagues are not really up to speed on uh, what they need to be up to speed on. Uh, no pun intended, by the way. Um, but this is a, a cool thing. The chief object of cross-examination is test the credibility, knowledge, and recollection of the witness. You get to find out, you get to ask the officer questions about what they know what they're supposed to know. This is great. Are you a sworn California peace officer? Yeah. Were you acting in that capacity on this date? Yeah. Uh, is it a fact you initiated contact with me? Yeah. Um, at the time you initiated contact with me, were you acting in the capacity of a peace officer? Uh, yeah, of course. Hold you over. Great, thank you. Uh, now, officer, uh, is it a fact you uh, initiated contact with me to uh, enforce California Vehicle Code? Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, those are called credibility questions. I want to I know if the cop knows what he's doing or she knows what, what, what she's doing. That, that in, in my not-so-humble opinion, if you, if you reserve your questions to two things. Theoretically, you should not get any objections. And for you folks who, who are going into court representing yourself and you haven't done it many times, even for some of you old heads, if your mouth still gets a little dry, you don't want your flow interrupted. You don't want any objections when you're asking the cop questions. You go into a foreign environment, you're surrounded by people you don't know, it's a bizarre setting, people are talking like this and acting as if they know what they're talking about, and you're kind of wondering what's going on here. You don't want your questioning interrupted, you want your flow, you want your tempo to remain intact. So theoretically, by asking procedure or rule questions and witness credibility questions, Again, theoretically, you should run into no objections, like, uh, objection, Your Honor, relevant. What? Uh, uh, objection, relevant. Uh, well, Your Honor, just ask him if he was a sworn California peace officer. Objection, Your Honor, relevant. <laughs> wait, wait. Yeah, I, I don't quite understand, Your Honor. Uh, in, in the district attorney, I don't understand or object. How can, can you explain, Your Honor? I don't get it. You don't want your questioning interrupted you, with, with um, groundless objections, which most of the time, at least this is my experience, the judicial officer is going to sustain, at least as far as the prosecutor goes. Why? Because you're not an attorney. You're not a member of their club. You're not making them any money. Now, if you hire an attorney, yeah, now you got a, you got a bar member, see? But if you're going in pro per, 
by the way, state court is pro-per, federal court is pro-se. You don't mix and match. One's federal, one's state. So in state court, you're appropriate persona. Pro se in federal court. Okay, back to back to business. Um, in any event, um, essentially your objective is to is to do nothing more than determine if your accuser followed the rules that apply to them. The name of the game is break a rule, pay money. That's the name of the game. That's the game you're in the middle of. For those, for those of you folks who, who will approach this stuff from a game standpoint, the name of the game is break a rule and pay. It's just that simple. Maybe I was doing five miles over the speed limit. Maybe I was. But hey, cop, did you break any rules that apply to you in order to pull me over and accuse me of breaking a rule? Yes or no? Who broke the rules first? Now, here's the good news. When it comes to law enforcement officers, um, they agreed not to violate your secured rights. They swore an oath, and that's what that oath is for. That oath is our insurance policy that they're not going to deny or prejudice our secured rights. I'm not talking about civil rights. I don't care about civil rights. I'm talking about the ones that I popped out with that I can't get rid of. Those are the ones I care about. Now, what I witnessed on, uh, well, actually, it was a week ago, Monday. I witnessed a defendant have his right, his secured fundamental right to examine his accuser denied. Unbelievable, but it happened. Again, this is the second time I've witnessed it. Well, actually, I didn't witness it the first time, but I have the transcript where it actually happened. In the first instance, my guy was examining the officer during his case. And the judge didn't like the questions my guy was asking him. Uh, for those of you guys who are in the Air Force or maybe you're familiar with some military stuff, there's a, there's a saying, uh, you know you're over the target when you receive a lot of flack. Well, my guy in that, that infraction case received a lot of flack. I, I mentioned on this for all you old heads who've been on this, uh, who've uh, been on this call for a while. You heard me refer to, to a buddy's case. The most egregious example of judicial activism and judicial stupidity I have ever witnessed in my life since I've been doing this stuff. There's no possible, I actually read the transcript. Um, during one of the broadcasts, because there's no possible way you can tell somebody that all this happened and they would believe you. We define egregious. This judge, this quote-unquote judge, dismissed the officer before my guy was done asking him questions. Case is on appeal. 
Uh, what happened to my guy in, in this particular case is uh, wrapped up a week ago Monday. Uh, the um, deputy was not called back. Again, my guy said on at least three occasions, Your Honor, does, it, does the prosecution rest? The uh, prosecutor got done examining the officer, and so the judge turned to my guy and said, Do you have any questions for the officer? And so his response was, Does, does the prosecution rest? Well, the judge was kind of taken aback. He didn't expect, he didn't, didn't expect a pro per to know something or ask a question like that. So he didn't really know what to do. So he kind of looks at the district attorney. And anyway, he asked about uh, three times. said, I want to do my direct. I want to do direct. I don't want to cross-examine. I want to do direct. Well, I had actually stepped out of the courtroom uh, a few minutes before uh, the uh, case concluded because, you know, I'd, I'd seen enough and I knew that uh, there was going to be uh, um, it was going to be carried over to Monday. And uh, I figured that the end was just um, rudimentary stuff, and I I'm, don't need to hear rudimentary stuff. I just need to be there and be back on Monday. Okay, cool. So on Monday, uh, he gets to put his case on, and we don't have – the, the, the deputy's not in the courtroom. So uh, court asked my guy, are you ready? Well, you are. Where's the deputy? Oh, well, uh, uh, well uh, and uh, – the DA says, well, uh, deputy was dismissed. The judge didn't, wasn't sure. The judge wasn't sure. Well, we had a, we had a, a certified shorthand reporter there. Did the judge ask anybody for the uh, transcript to find out if the officer was actually dismissed? No. He just presumed she was. So, oh, well, she was dismissed. And uh, so, uh, sir, if you want to go ahead and offer me, uh, do an offer of proof, uh, why I should grant you a continuance to get the deputy back in here, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and consider it. Unfortunately for my guy, he didn't know what offer proof meant. And I'll have to take responsibility for that because, well, I never expected that he wasn't going to get to examine his uh, accuser. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not good. So, in any event, uh, he, uh, he was faced with a, um, an uncertain proposition. And unfortunately, rookie error kicked in. And um, instead of offering proof like, well, Your Honor, I, uh, I have a secured right to examine my accuser. I confront my accuser, Your Honor. That would constitute an offer of proof. Unfortunately, um, that didn't happen, and unfortunately, he resorted to testifying and putting on his case. And he was given great latitude by this judge because the more he talked, the more he buried himself, unbeknownst to him, completely a rookie error. And uh, again, I gotta, I gotta take responsibility because um, who'd have thunk it, Wally? Who'd have thunk? That, they, that the officer would have been dismissed after the guy said three times, there's a defense, uh, there's a prosecution rest, I want to do direct examination. Why would the judge dismiss the, the witness? Anyway, uh, that, that um, is going to be an issue uh, 
it may be an issue raised on appeal. Um, the matter will be appealed. Uh, he was found guilty on, uh, on on the charges, nothing serious, but um, in any event, we're waiting waiting for the transcript. And I see we're just about at the top of the hour, so um, Martin, in, in keeping with the uh, uh, directive uh, I got the other the other day, um, let's populate the list. See if we have any questions or comments, and if not. You can uh, trail off there and build yourself a burger. Outstanding. Summer two on your keypad, folks, if you have a question. That's for everybody that's on the call with us. If you dial in a number, you put in a pen, start two at this time to raise your hand. For everybody else listening throughout the country at freedomsradio.com, type your questions in the question bar at this time and a quick submit. Of course, uh, uh, Ms. Blackstone does have two e-books available, Infractions Are Not Crimes, and the so-called Traffic Stop. These are both PDFs will work great with your uh, tablet, uh, your laptop, uh, uh, even on your phone, uh, you know, for your folks to have your, you know, your larger smartphones. Um, you know, I'm going to ask your remedies in the law. I'll be happy to get you set up with that. Also, Mr. Blackstone does have limited openings available for private consultation. Uh, this is, of course, uh, to discuss quickly the parameters of your particular situation to see if he feels that he might be a good fit for you uh, to take you on as a student. By taking you on as a student, he would uh, uh, listen and digest the parameters of your particular scenario, and then he would give you his opinions and share his experiences with you. Uh, tell you what he might do or he's similarly situated with that uh, to you. For the purpose of educating you on how to properly handle the matter yourself, you know, hold on to that. Your remedy is in the law.com. Let me pass out the 1 800 number for everybody. Uh, and that is a little more convenient for some folks. That number is 1 800 625 4250. Four two five zero. Of course, for any needs that you have, for me, you can always reach me uh, at uh, mm at your remedy is in the law dot com. Mm for Martin Michaels at your remedy is in the law dot com. And I'll get back to you as soon as I'm able. Uh, that looks like that takes care of us, Mr. Blackstone. We appreciate you kindly. Uh, love the work that you do, sir. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you. Wait, may I have something to your plug? Sure. Thank you. Um, those two publications I carry with me. They're brief. Um, they're, they're less than 100 pages, and they contain what I would characterize as unassailable evidence. If anybody goes, nah, they're wrong. My, when I put these things together, um, the, thing, the, the idea was in the event I get pulled over and a cop wants to issue me a notice to appear or a citation, I'm going I'm to I'm hand them both of them, and I'm going to instruct them, don't lose these, because I'm going to have you bring them to court on the date of the trial. Those documents, ladies and gentlemen, are essentially Trojan horses. They are never going to be able to say they didn't know because I told them. 
I have everything that anybody could possibly want, at least for California, regarding the traffic infraction and how that came to be. And I am fed up dealing with people posing as a servant who don't know what they're doing. So I put these publications together for myself. Again, in the event I get pulled over and somebody wants to issue me a piece of paper, I'm just going to hand them to them. No, I, they're, they're, um, you know, I, 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 mine are spiral bound. Uh, I put them together. And again, they're less than 100 pages uh, because you don't need any more than 100 pages. There's plenty of good stuff in there. And uh, they're going to have a real problem. So in any event, thank you, Martin. Uh, thank you, everybody, for uh, taking time out of your day. Look forward to hooking up with you all next week. Have a good evening. Thank you so much, Sharp. All right, folks, uh, we'll see everybody again tomorrow night, same time, same place. We'll be having our normal Thursday night call. Uh, continued on uh, from previous weeks, uh, talking about home uh, uh, foreclosure remedies. Uh, and uh, this is a new uh, paralegal that's coming on board. Actually, no, this is uh, this will be a new car. This will be a, a fairly new information provider. Uh, very excited. And so we encourage folks, uh, anybody with home foreclosure issues, invite them to the call tomorrow night. Uh, that'll definitely be something that they don't want to miss. All right, so that's what we're doing tomorrow night. Until next time, everyone have a pleasant evening and be well. The conference is now completed. Goodbye. Welcome to the conference.